I'm McKinney Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us in the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world, where we have conversations with extraordinary women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice, to create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Michelle Harrington. She is a change agent in the cannabis industry who is committed to educating the Black community about the medicinal and sexual wellness benefits of CBD products. As an investor and head of strategic partnerships at Fiora Wellness, Michelle leads multicultural marketing influencer brand campaigns, and host educational events focused on destigmatizing CBD usage for sexual health, wellness, and intimacy. Before joining Fiora, Michelle was involved in the cannabis industry for almost a decade as the co-owner of Viola Brands, the nation's first and largest Black-owned multinational cannabis company. She's also a mom and a wife to retired NBA star Al Harrington. Please welcome to the show, Michelle Harrington. Two applause. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story with us. Nothing I want more than to to share how we got in this business and how people were so, you know, they have a jaded view of what marijuana is. So, Mm -hmm. you know, thanks for having me and allowing me to come on your platform and, you know, educate and uh, spread the awareness to your following. Awesome. I'm excited to jump into this conversation and to learn myself more about CBD wellness. But before we do that, as an icebreaker question, I love to ask women that come on the show, you know, because I believe as as children, we have these vivid imaginations of what we like, you know, what we want to be or who we want to be when we grow up. And then society starts to limit us and try to put us into this box and cause all these self-limiting beliefs. So before, you know, you got to where you are presently, I would love to know, you know, what did Michelle want to be when she was a little girl? Oh my goodness. I think one of the things that stands out that I probably wanted to be more than anything is I wanted to be that kid on the cereal box going through the grocery store. (laughs) I wanted to be that face, you know, digging into the cereal. Um, I wanted to be on the do-rags, the cream of nature boxes. Um, I guess, you know, in all in all, I wanted to, I wanted to model. Mm. That was like, uh, as a kid, I wanted to act. I mean, I did none of the things we grew up in the I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in the inner city, and I never got a chance to do any of those things. But yeah, I I wanted to be that kid on the cereal box. Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you never ended up getting into any of those things. So I would love to hear the journey of how you got to where you are presently in the CBD space and brand partnerships and the things that you do now. All right. So I have two stories. Um, one on how we got involved in uh, marijuana and then one how I then got involved with Foria. Okay. So I'll kind of give you a little bit of both. Um, but we were living in Denver in 2011. My husband was playing for the Nuggets. Recreational marijuana was legal there. And at the time, Al's grandmother was visiting us. Her name is Viola. She mm. was visiting. And, you know, she has diabetes. She has glaucoma. She right now she has dementia. Um, so it's unfortunate oh. that she can't tell her own story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, she was in pain. We didn't know much about cannabis at the time. Neither one of us smoked marijuana. Um, but we knew just from being in Denver and this kind of being the first place where it was legal recreationally, we knew that it could provide her with relief. But, you know, she was like, I don't, I don't want no reefer. You know, it was <laughs> kind of still stuck in this old time of uh, what she knew growing up and that, you know, don't do drugs, that 80s campaign and, you know, it's a gateway drug and all of the above. So Al left it alone. At the the time, he had a game. So he always takes a pregame nap. And when he got up from the nap, you know, we were we were going to leave. And he goes, he tells her, he says, Grandma, how are you feeling? You know, are you okay? And she said, you know, she was sitting there crying. I mean, she was sitting there telling us that her eyes, this is the most pain she's ever been in. And her eyes, at this point, she tried anything. So Al got the vape out and he vaped marijuana for her where you know you kind of like the vape is you know it kind of you know like a vape pen Mm -hmm. so he vaped it for her and you know she she was sitting and I'll never forget we went downstairs to check on her before he left to go to the game and she was sitting there with her back to us and she had her bible in her hand and she said this was the first time that she had been able to see her bible oh wow Yeah. So she also had tears and she doesn't, with glaucoma, she wasn't producing tears. And for a seven-year-old who had nothing to gain at the time she was 70, had nothing to gain from saying that marijuana was helping her Mm -hmm. was like, it blew us away. It was like, we're sitting on a gold mine. Everyone Mm -hmm. needs to know that. We have, you know, his grandmother who she has nothing to gain by saying that this is helping her. So it sparked an interest in us. And then we became, we began to like learn more and more about it. And that's how Viola was started. Mm. Um, You know, and Al has had countless, that's how it started. And then Al had countless surgeries. He's had his shoulder surgery, hand surgery, knee surgery, other knee surgery, back surgery. So as you go in life and, and you're an MBA, you realize that they're giving you so many other painkillers that are damaging other things. Mm-hmm. And so in Denver, we realized that you could be using the plant and that the plant could help alleviate inflammation and pain and discomfort. So, you know, that's what sparked our interest. And we had our own life-changing experiences with cannabis. And we saw the power of it for ourselves with his grandmother and then with his injuries. And mm-hmm. so that's how we came as a family, you know, it was, I remember him investing money in and I'm like, what are we doing? We don't know much about it. We don't know anything. So it was really, 
a learning curve. We learned along the way, but we learned, we started learning about it in 2011. So we were ahead of the curve. Right. But the way the the way I got involved with Foray is way more interesting. I mean, even that's interesting, but it's <laughs> really fun. It's so it's so much more fun. Like uh, my husband came home with Foria products. He had met the owners in um, a BizCon, and uh, he kept saying, "We need to try these." I've you know I've heard so much about it, and I'm like, um, "No, I'm not putting <laughs> I'm not putting that in my vagina." Uh, or my vagina, right. you know, like so many women, you know, I'm sensitive down there. So you can imagine, you know, my reservations. Um, mm-hmm. But during the pandemic, we had nothing but time on our hands. <laughs> so I started uh, researching Foria products, found out they were all organic, coconut based, you know, won't disrupt because coconut is neutral. So it's n- neither alkaline or acidic. So it's, right. it doesn't disrupt pH in your vagina. You know, so I was like, all right, cool, let's try it. And I was blown away of the sensitivity that it allows for you to feel down there. So, you know, I was excited about it. I decided we're in this land of no one's going outside, no one's going anywhere, everybody's Zooming. How about I hold a Zoom? Hold a Zoom. I pull my family and friends, you know, uh, close friends and my family members. And I asked him, and I never forget the faces on the Zoom call. I asked him, I said, I probably had about 30 people on the Zoom. And I asked him, I said, I want you guys to raise your hand if there's a, if there, that if there's a product that could help you achieve your orgasm faster, would you use it? And uh, they were looking at me like, you know, I have some of my extrovert friends are like, hands up immediately. And then right. you have, my mother-in-law's on this call with some of her friends, uh, <laughs> my aunt. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what am I getting myself into? Like, should I have had this call? What are they going to think of me? And I said, you know, I realized at that moment, I needed to find a way to normalize this. Mm-hmm. You know, black women talking about sex. Um, we shouldn't feel uncomfortable about it. Sex is natural. We, that's, it's, all, it's how we all got here. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I shared the product on that Zoom call that day, and I never looked back. None of my family and friends knew that this product existed. So mm-hmm. for me, it was a brainer. I realized that I could help the brand by educating women about the benefits of CBD, and more specifically, Black women. Black women who suffer from endometriosis, from, fib- from fibroids. A lot of women are having sex not knowing that you could achieve a G-spot orgasm. It's like kind of like people think that it's this myth that there's no G mm-hmm. spot or that we were mainly having sex to please them. And it kind of, you know, ends and begins and ends with the male re- reaching his orgasm, you know, but what about us? Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. it created the business. I mean, I went, I went to Foria after that and I just explained like, you know, you guys are doing a disservice. You're not reaching out to our community. And because this brand was more so like people who chose organic lifestyles, very different from from us. Not to say that we're not choosing organic lifestyles, but just very, very different demographic. And Foria was ecstatic. You know, they created the position for me. I found a way to pull my own seat up to the table that when it didn't exist and to help 
build this legacy, you know, add on to our, you know, our existing brands and build a legacy for my kids. So that's, that's and, uh, both sides of it, <laughs> on how we involved in marijuana, you know, in general, and then how we came to be involved with Foria. Like I, I didn't even want to interrupt at any point in your story because I wanted you to like get it all out. But there's like so much I want to unpack there. <laughs> sure. Uh, first, I think it's absolutely amazing that you guys were able to help Al's grandmother who was suffering through the use of the cannabis. And so I'm here in Toronto, Canada, and it's legal here. It is now. Mm-hmm. And I know there is still a huge stigma in terms of anything to do with the plant, whether you know it be health benefits or people using it for recreational use or, or whatever. But I think that you bring the awareness to the benefits of it for wellness purposes is a huge deal of um, educating people on its usage for sexual health. And then even just talking about it within the Black community, I think is a very big deal. When you were telling the story about Al's grandmother, it made me think of years ago, after I had my second child, um, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So it's an autoimmune disorder, but it's Mm -hmm. chronic pain, chronic muscle pain. And I had basically been prescribed every single thing that you could think of and was still suffering with severe chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would be aching all the time. So when, you know, like, Think about someone who has the flu or anything like that with the body aches. I had that all the time. So it was very hard to function. And um, the doctors tried every single, you know, painkillers and, you know, they tried other medications that are mixed with antidepressants and nothing was working. And this was just before cannabis was legalized here in Canada, but they wanted to give me a, a medical marijuana card. But I don't smoke. I wasn't into any of those stuff, but I was kind of like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to try that (laughs) Um, because I I wasn't educated on it. And my only knowledge of it was, you know, my male family members that did it and seemed high all the time. And I didn't want to be that way. I'm like, I'm a single mother of three. (laughs) Yeah. Like the movie will see it as, you know, we have this negative connotation associated with the plant. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to it's hard to break, but if you sit down with someone and you're able to understand the many benefits, you know, inflammation, pain, you understand the benefits of it, you're willing to give it a try. My girlfriend, case in point, um, she is a chef for The Rock. She had fibroids and she told me, we gave her some pre-rolls from Viola, which have THC Mm -hmm. in it, but we also gave her oils and she was being prescribed. So she had to see a pain doctor. She's being prescribed so many different drugs that they flagged mm-hmm. her at the pharmacy because nothing was working until I told her, I said, listen, I'm not in town right now. I need you to go to the office, go pick this, 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 and this up and use it tonight. It was the first mm-hmm. good night rest that she had had in two weeks. Wow. So, you know, when you see it work, you know, like everyone needs to know about this. Mm-hmm. It was just maybe a couple years ago for me where a, I think it was just after it was legalized here in Canada, where a company had reached out asking me to sample some products, some CBD products. And it was like CBD lotions for uh, my skin, which did amazing results for my eczema um, and also helped clear up um, a couple of things on my daughter's skin. And um, there was like CBD oils that helped with my anxiety. So there was different 
forms of consuming the CBD um, because I wasn't interested in like smoking anything, but I found that the benefits were tremendous. Yeah. And that's the thing that people don't understand. Like you just said, there's multiple ways to consume it. Oils, you know, the tinctures, the creams, um, capsules. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to smoke to Mm -hmm. receive the benefits. Mm -hmm. And I don't like I I won't pretend to to know much about it and I'm sure you probably could um share you know so much more information but like to my understanding you know it's the THC where people get the high effect but the CBD yeah. is where it has all the health benefits correct? Yeah, correct. Yep. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I I know when I was consuming like the oils and the capsules and stuff there was no feeling whatsoever of yeah, um, no psychoreactive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I would love, you know, to know what advice you would give to a woman who's curious about the cannabis industry right now and has reservations due to the stigma of the plan. Like what advice would you give to a woman listening? I mean, as far as the industry is concerned, um, I just feel like, you know, if this is something that you want to get into as far as business goes, there's so many different avenues within uh, marijuana that you could, you know, be a part of. There's the cultivation side of it because people just think that it's one thing. Like you have to have a brand, and then you, you know, you uh, you have to have a brand or have this celebrity person. Or because I get that all the time because of my husband, they think, oh, you know, oh, I just w- I want to make a brand or I want a strand. And, you know, there's so many different parts that you can get involved in. Um, mm-hmm. And we we have. Uh, as a family, we have Carrington um, University, where there's a bunch of online classes that teach how to get involved in the business and the many avenues that you have. So you have like cultivation, you have manufacturing, you have distribution, you have testing, and then you have disposal. So there's so many different avenues. So if I, if I had to give a woman, a black woman or any women, uh, woman that's curious about cannabis, and the industry is to do the research and see what you may want to get into. But as far as trying the plant, I think everybody, I always say this as a premise, consult with your physician is first, but I feel like everything has a stigma attached to it. You know, I kind of hate it when moms feel bad about trying CBD, like, or even cannabis. Um, Mm -hmm. We have to do for us as women, people's opinions shouldn't change how you approach your journey to Mm self-care. And I just feel like the, the main part of my job is changing the stigma or trying to debunk these myths that people have. Because at the end of the day, you know, if the bigger companies aren't profiting, it's not going to be mainstream as fast. And I just think that as long as we start to kind of like, like I said before, like this debunk the stigmas, mm-hmm. um, that you're going to get high if you have CBD, that you know, you're going to have the munchies like CBD. I take CBD every morning. It helps me with being able to have more, more patience with my kids in the morning. Cause getting four kids out the door, <laughs> can, I yeah. but you know, I take it in the morning and it relaxes me. It allows me to have more patience with them, give them more grace. And I'm able to, you know, get through the morning. I take it at night to get a deeper sleep and a more restful sleep. Mm-hmm. Along with my diffuser, I, I swear by my diffuser as well. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, I just feel like do what works for you. And I mean, I even get some looks sometimes when I tell people I give my kids CBD. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they have CBD they, for dogs. We have CBD um, yeah, exactly. for our dog. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's just becoming more and more acceptable and I'm loving it. But, mm-hmm. you know, you also, in that same breath, you have to know where your CBD is coming from. Mm-hmm. You have to know, you know, more about it because it's it's not as regulated. Right. Um, one but other thing I, that I, sorry, go ahead. No, so I just say buy from dispensaries. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. It's important to to know where you're getting your stuff from. You know, you don't want to just be buying stuff off the street corner. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What One other thing that I wanted to unpack when you were sharing your story, you know, when you had the Zoom call and you asked the open question about, I guess, sexual enjoyment or, you know, just the, even conversation about sex, where you said uh-huh. um, your elders uh, and people like that in your family, you know, this discomfort. I wanted to touch on that because I know culturally for a lot of different cultures, it's almost like a forbidden conversation. But I know that, you know, you're also talking about the CBD usage for sexual health, wellness and intimacy. So, you know, one, how has that been for you? Um, That process, has it been difficult? Um, You know, what's the reception been like? And has it changed the conversation of, you know, talking about sex? I think it's like a flood. Like, you know, when you get into it, people are intrigued and want to know more about it. And then they may be a little reserved, but it's like everyone wants to talk about it. We've held numerous uh, clubhouse rooms where we're talking about sex. And you, there's so many people that are like, you know, I didn't learn that growing up or my mom didn't talk to me about this. And they're learning it, you know, as adults. Mm-hmm. And those rooms that we had were so amazing because it was we, it was only women. Um, we only had women in the room. Um, so people were more relaxed to tell their stories. So there was, there were so many women that came in those rooms that had never had an orgasm. Wow. And if you aren't orgasm, orgasm, uh, I can't even say the word now. <laughs> if you have an orgasm, what, why are you having sex? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not gaining any pleasure from it. And a lot of the women were like, you know, I didn't know, or I've only had an orgasm with clitoral stimulation. And to know that we have just as much erectile tissue as men do mm-hmm. blew some women away in those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just wired differently. Like majority of our goes in. So where, you know, a man has an erection, um, we have just as much as that erectile tissue, but ours is within. So what one of our products helps to do is that, you know, you rub the awaken oil on the exterior of your vagina. You allow it to soak in for about 20 to 30 minutes. What CBD does is that it allows for that blood flow. You know, when you, when you're getting hot and in the moment, your face is flushed, you know, the blood is flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your genitals get a little swollen, kind of puffy because there's a lot of blood flow. It mm-hmm. helps readily get that working. So the CBD allows the blood flow, helping you get to that point. So just think about if you had to have the exterior get ready and get all puffy, and then in turn, then the interior gets all ready and puffy. That's hours and hours of foreplay. Mm-hmm. No one's doing that. <laughs> no one's hours of foreplay. So what the Awaken Oil and what our CBD suppositories and our lube, they all help facilitate that blood flow to those areas so that we can achieve those that mythical G-spot 
you know, and it, I'm not guaranteeing that this is going to happen, but you know, the, the more you use it, the more you're able to see what that feels like. And believe me, you, then it's kind of like no backtracking once you feel that. <laughs> once you know what that orgasm feels like and how sensitive to touch and how much more enjoyable sex can be if mm-hmm. you had the hours and hours of foreplay. And some men may do the hours and hours in foreplay. I mean, my husband's not one of them. <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> so we're just lucky sometimes if we got it in twice a week. That's like, woohoo, you know, mm-hmm. with the four kids, have someone opening that door. Yep, I get it. I get it. So I know... I feel like with the pandemic, um, you know, it affected a lot of people's businesses. It affected uh, ways that people were forced to pivot. Did the pandemic have any effect on, you know, the businesses that you're a part of? And if yes, like how so? No, honestly, you know, my journey, my journey with Foria started in the pandemic. Mm. You know, that's when we had time to sit with the product, um, enjoy it you know, uh, share it with others. Um, so that's for me, that's where we started. Um, but being a busy mama for everything slowed down. So, um, I just think that also with my husband's business, his business was essential. So we continue to produce marijuana, continue to have it on the shelves and, you know, nothing really stopped as far as that goes for business wise for us, which we were thankful and blessed. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so for me, for it was Foria, I started in the pandemic. And then, you know, that continued as well, because people we have a wellness side um, of Foria, and we also have the sexual wellness side. So uh, yeah, people were buying our tinctures left and right. And also, you mm-hmm. know, your home quarantining with someone, time to spice it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I would love to know, Michelle, like what inspires you the most about what you do? It sounds like you're very educated and well-versed in like the CBD industry. um, But I would love to know, like what inspires you the most about what you do? I think helping people with is helping people with the product is, I mean, for me, it's life changing. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in my family members' lives. I've seen it in my friends' lives. I think that's the biggest thing for me. There are so many people who are suffering that don't know that relief is out there mm-hmm. um, because we allow the space to talk about it. You know, endometriosis, mm-hmm. like I said before, fibroids. You know, I'm not a scientist by any means, not a doctor, but when the testimonies of my friends and family, aside from my own, pour mm-hmm. in, it's kind of hard to ignore. And I also, what what I'm passionate about is just changing, changing the narrative in our communities and opening up to talk more about sex, to talk about our needs and our wants. It doesn't make me a dirty person that I like sex or that I want to have sex. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's natural. And I also want people to know how beneficial CBD is and what a powerful tool it is for like inflammation that we're having in our body. It allows us to bring our bodies back to homeostasis within our body. Um, mm-hmm. And our sexual it's just so funny. It's not funny, but it's alarming that 99% of men are having orgasms and only 10 to 15 of women, 10 to 15% of are climaxing. We're realistically there to close that pleasure gap. So not only do I want to have women more open and talking about it, I want them to know that there's relief in the plant. And 
I just, I want them to know that we need to change this. We need to change the narrative in our community. So that's, those are three things that inspire me and uh, push me on working with Foria. I love it. When I think about, you know, everything that you've shared, like, you know, you're a mom and you're a wife and you're a business owner, like, how do you stay motivated? How do you balance all of those things? I know we have a lot of women who are, you know, also moms or business owners and stuff, but, you know, everyone has, I guess, their own formula to what works for them. But I would love to know what what's working for Michelle. I, you know, I just, I think that it's always hard with the kids, but I, during the pandemic, I said that I wanted to contribute to our legacy. I wanted to let my girls know that yeah, I was a stay-at-home mom for, you know, the, I've been a stay-at-home mom for the last 12 years, but there's no reason why I can't pivot, why I can't turn into a business, a kick-ass business mom or businesswoman, mm-hmm. um, you know, and my kids motivate me every single day. They see me getting up. They see me, they see me taking interviews on podcasts or having business meetings about the next campaign um, Sephoria. And I, I really do believe that it shows them that you can do both. You can do both. And yeah. I have an amazing team around me that helps me, you know, when I come up with ideas or dream partnerships that I have, um, I have people around me that hold me accountable. My husband being one of mm-hmm. them, people around me to help me execute. And I think for me, that was the key to my success because you can have all the ideas in the world, but if you don't have the means to execute them, it kind of like it falls below the waist. Yeah. But I'm proud about on faith during the pandemic and trying something new. And like I said, it's just it's I'm inspired by my children and letting them see that it's okay to shift and change your ending. Mm-hmm. I love that and I completely resonate. When I was married, um, at the end of my marriage, I was a stay-at-home mom for five years. And then mm-hmm. I jumped straight into entrepreneurship and I've been a full-time entrepreneur since 2009. So as wow. a single mom, my kids have watched me, you know, like you said, you know, you, you do the, the interviews and the meetings and, but you're, you're still a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, uh, during this call, I'm like, okay, don't, I hear rattling at the door. I'm like, please don't open the door. Don't open the door. <laughs> <laughs> I had to text my kids because they they all went into separate rooms and left the dog out here. And I'm like, get the dog. <laughs> the dog barking. It's the mailman. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah, it's I get it. I get it completely. It's a balancing act. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how, how would you say, how has motherhood changed you? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I've always been this like a type person and, super organized. And I think motherhood has made me realize that I can't think there's going to be some things that are out of my control. And I have Mm -hmm. to be okay with or else it's going to drive me bananas. And I think the more children I had, the more I started to realize, like, just roll with it, just roll with it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that it changed me to uh, just roll with the punches sometimes. You know, you can, you can only do so much. And um, Mm -hmm. there are some days where the house is in total disarray and other days that all my labels are facing forward, but there's a balance. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. Um, (laughs) Completely, completely love that. 
what would you say is your superpower? You know, you're, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a kick-ass businesswoman, you're changing the narrative uh, about CBD. Like, what would you say is your superpower? Um, as a Virgo, a September baby, Virgo shout out to all the Virgos listening. <laughs> um, I think it is being able to multitask and kind of just keep things going at home and in the professional life. Is, and I think being a black woman is a superpower in itself. Like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we are so dynamic. We are so multifaceted. I think that's, that's our super, that's my superpower. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online and learn more about you and from you. You can connect with me on Instagram, Mrs. MRS Harrington 913. Um, and also on Foria, foriawellness.com and Foria Wellness at Foria Wellness on Instagram. Either of those places awesome. are fine. Definitely have the links for them to connect with you in the detailed section of the episode so they don't have to search too far. Yay. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. Okay. All right. Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Hmm. That's a hard one because I don't necessarily get to read that much. Uh, I'm either on the soccer field <laughs> Or, um, and that's my 2022 things, like to be able to read one book a month. So if you have any suggestions, Mm -hmm. I'm all ears. Oh, girl, I'm going to send you my Goodreads link with all of the books, because just like you, I went through that phase where I I didn't have time to read. I couldn't even read a paragraph. I didn't have time. And I set a goal to read one book a month. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you up. I, I don't even get to watch TV. Yes, I totally understand. You know, I, I had stopped watching TV in 2012 for years. And it's just like recently now being able to, to stream a couple of shows. But I had set out a goal to read one book a month. And for years, I couldn't reach that goal. And then last year in 2021, I read 21 books. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a whole list of books on, on Goodreads. So I'll, I'll definitely send you some suggestions. <laughs> Perfect. Because my, I, my kids are in the thick of things. I have 12, 10, six, and four. And that four one, that four, four gives me my money. You have your hands full. God bless you. <laughs> 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 I know those ages very well. <laughs> Yes, just I have two, you know, kind of really just getting into the club aspect with, um, you know, with soccer and my other, my oldest is an equestrian. So those are like track meets. If, if your kids have ever played track, I mean, ever, yeah, mm-hmm. ever done track, it's mm-hmm. all day long. You are there, you may show your horse midway through or maybe at the end, but you're there from seven in the morning all the way to they show. Um, So I have them just starting out and getting really serious about the sports that they play. And then I have the littles that I'm going to, you know, mommy and me still. Mm -hmm. Yep. You got your hands full. (laughs) Yeah, never. (laughs) (laughs) Which leads me to my next question. Like what keeps you up at night? 
I think it's it's that it's um it's a mother. I'm I'm constantly thinking of the next day and what I need to do and how I need to plan it out and how I can be better um, mm-hmm. at this mom this business thing for the next day. So I'm one of those people who I am always planning, always planning, mm-hmm. and that's what keeps me up at night. That's the thing that usually keeps me up at night is going through my to do list on you know how I you know I take it really. I'm I'm one of those people that. You know, like if I had a disagreement with my daughter that day because she wanted to do X, Y, Z, I'm still thinking about how I could have handled it better, how I could, you know, allow her to still be who she is with the constraints mm-hmm. of that guidance. Because um, the, the 12 and the 10 year old are like, they're teenagers in their own mm-hmm. head. <laughs> so like, you know, <laughs> it's always about how I can, uh, how I can be better. Um, the next day. So that's probably the biggest thing that keeps me up at night. I get it. I get it completely. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. And I I think it's great that you know, even later on, you have those, those reflections, those moments, uh, where you're trying to be a better person, a better parent for your your children. So I guess my next question would be like, what failure has taught you the most about life? Put your big girl panties on and get back (laughs) there. do it again. I mean, my daughter rides horses. And when when she falls, she is, you know, she's a little frightened. And I'm like, get back on the best way to, to uh, rewrite your failures is to get back on the horse and keep it pushing. So Mm -hmm. you're going to fail more times than you succeed. And it's all about Mm -hmm. getting back out there and doing it over again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I would love to know what's what's the worst advice you've ever received? That I couldn't do something. Mm. <laughs> that I could not do something. Um, you know, when we started, when I started with Foria, even though I knew there was a need, I knew there was a there was going to be a demand, and that people didn't know about it, and, and how I wanted to approach the situation. And I had some people who told me, like, you know. Mm, you know, I think you need to dedicate more time to your kids. I don't really think that you should, this is something else on your plate. I don't really think that you should do this. And mm. I was like, or, or, or you can't do this. Uh, it's not even possible. You don't have enough. Uh, there's not enough day, Michelle. And I'm so glad that I did not listen to them because this, this passion, this love that I have for this, for the plant you know, how it's helped us and how, you know, everyone needs to know about it. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that this can, I could have went quietly into the night. I'm so glad that I did not listen to them. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you didn't listen to them too, because I feel like oftentimes people will uh, project their own uh, insecurities on someone because either they don't believe that they can do it or they don't believe that it's possible for them to do. It's not, you know, always necessarily whether they believe that we can do it. It's, you know, they look at a situation and their, their thought process, their paradigm is like based on their experiences, their history, you know, their knowledge, they're like, Hmm, this thing is not possible. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Free the plant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. 
Okay. Um, name one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made. And that could be of money, time, energy. Um, I would have to say my husband. We met at 19. Wow. And all either of us knew what would lie ahead for us. We've built an amazing family, several businesses. Um, and we're still together. And I would, I would, I mean, and I'm happy to say that we're happy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's both are ups and downs um, in a relationship and you're going to have more good times than bad. But I, I'm so glad that I took that chance on him at 19 years old and that we're still together. So that's probably my, my best investment so far. I love it. I'm a lover of love. So I'm like <laughs> quietly sitting here going, oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Express themselves. Don't dim your light for someone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, be bold. Be bold. Be who you are. Who you mm-hmm. are and own. Love it. Michelle, has there ever been, you know, any question that you have not been asked, whether it be on this show or any previous interview, um, that you would love to, you know, share your answer, your response with the world, you know, something that you feel that you would love for for the world to know more about you? I probably talk more with my, like, if if you look at me, you might not, I don't seem approachable. I mean, I'm always in my head thinking, so some people who don't know me think, you know, oh, you know, she's mean or um, I have like that resting bitch face. And it's not intentional. It's not Mm -hmm. intentional. I'm always constantly in my head thinking of something, thinking like I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker thinker. Um, So just I just would want people to know that I am super friendly. I'm just a little sometimes, you know, in my head. uh, but approach me. If you see me, come talk to me. I, I love talking about marijuana. I love talking about CBD. So um, I think that would probably be the the only thing. Uh, if someone it. wanted to know more about me, uh, it would be that I am so friendly and I will talk your head off. As you can see, <laughs> I've been friendly in this interview. <laughs> I love it. Do you do you feel you're an introvert or an extrovert or maybe an ambivert, which is both? Yeah, I'm a little bit of both. Um, you know, I like my quiet time. I like my solitude, but I'm also thrive on family time and get together. But mm-hmm. then I'm ready for you to go when it's time for you to go. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I get it completely. Because when you when you said, you know, people may have the wrong impression of you based on what they see, because I find um, you know, myself and other introverts where people, because we are inward, we go inwards and we're in our head and we're reflecting inwards and basically in our own world, in our head, on the outside, yeah. people will see the resting bitch face and just assume, yeah. yeah, don't approach her. She looks stuck up, stay away. But it's not that we are actually really friendly. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times too, they, they think, oh, you know, she's an MBA wife. Um, and there's that whole stigma that comes along with that. And I'm totally not that. I grew mm-hmm. up in Brooklyn, New York, in the projects. You know, I know that as fast as everything has come to us, it can easily be taken away. And I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. Material things don't matter to me. They're nice to have, but mm-hmm. they're not my end all be all. I love it. 
Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your story with us, you know, giving us so much insight on the CBD industry and wellness and cannabis. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I truly, truly appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to actually um, try the products. Your team has uh, yes, some. It hasn't yes. come yet. It's on its way, but I'm excited. So I will definitely keep you posted and uh, let you know all about my um, experience with experience. it. Experience, yes, yes, an uncensored experience too. Yes. because I have. I was. Do, I used to do a a, a live every Wednesday um, with our brand ambassadors on you know just their experiences with the product or when they've given it to their friends on. You know, and it got pretty interesting, uh, the conversation. So I'm, I'm, I've heard it all. So definitely excited to see what you think about it and how it affects you because it affects everyone differently. Most definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. I, like I said, I truly, truly appreciate you. And I look forward to staying connected. And if there's any way I could be of value to what you're doing and what you're building, I would love to be a part. Of course. Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> Thank you. And to all of you legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And if you could think of, I'm going to challenge you today, to at least five women that would receive value from hearing Michelle's story, from learning you know, the, about the CBD products, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Michelle at Miss Harrington 913. That's M R S H A R R I N G T O N 913. And you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.